And look who's coming up. Just before 5 o'clock Eastern Time, uh, 2.57 in the Mountain Time Zone where I'm located and uh, my next guest is located, this is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, my name is Dean Millard. Thank you very much for being a part of the show. If you missed anything earlier, uh, we had our starts and sits for the Browns and the Steelers game. We had Circle back on that a little bit later. Also, uh, Marty Murray joined us, GM of the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, those will be uploaded to YouTube, as will our next guest, uh, Guy Flaming from the Pipeline Show, and uh, our uh, third guest today, uh, Mike Amato from Dauber Hockey. Uh, but right now, uh, it is my uh, distinct pleasure uh, to bring in a good friend of mine, Guy Flaming of the Pipeline Show. Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Dino. Great to uh, great to see you again. Yeah, it is awesome, and we're going to see each other at the rink uh, because the WHL season is uh, just about upon us, and I, I'm I'm excited. I mean, this year for the WHL, not only is like there's going to be so much talk about Connor Bedard, but I was just talking to Marty Murray. They could have four top ten picks in the East Division alone of the WHL. So it's a really good crop, I think, at the top end for the WHL. What do you think? Yeah, it's a banner year for the WHL. I, I can't remember a year where we've, we've had this much hype this early uh, for players out of the Western Hockey League, which is great to see. There's a couple of guys out of the uh, just Western Canadians, like Matthew Wood playing in the BCHL and, and players like that. But, yeah, no, the WHL, it's a, it's a strong year when it comes to the NHL draft. Yeah, and, and that's uh, always uh, an exciting thing. Obviously, one of the four majors uh, that you have and that we used to do uh, on the Pipeline show is the draft, and it's I guess it's the last one. Well, I guess this year, one of those majors was in the summertime, so it was a really yeah. weird season. I mean, I was at some of those games. That was bizarre. It was freezing, and it was bizarre to see Canada playing in such uh, weird, weird surroundings, uh, but we'll have much more of a of a world junior normal world junior this year do you think the whl will have a dominant uh, focus on that team as well like they are with sometimes it's a 19 year old tournament so you don't see a lot of draft eligible kids make that team yeah. but do you think we'll see a strong component on the world junior team i, I think you might see two goaltenders out of the western hockey league although uh, ben goudreau is in the mix there as well out of the ohl so uh there could be an even split there but Potential is there for, for both goalies out of the Western Hockey League, but uh, I think it'll be fairly evenly split over the three CHL leagues, although the Q usually takes a backseat to the OHL and the dub uh, in uh, in a lot of respects, and with the World Junior team, no exception. Uh, I think it'll be like next year and the year after that where we see really strong WHL. It might be like you might have 12 skaters from the WHL on those teams. Yeah, and one of them won't be Connor Bedard because he'll be in the NHL yeah. uh, already. So that shows you how how good it can be. And you know the the Western Hockey League, uh, obviously, it, it's cyclical. We, you know, we were fortunate to watch Edmonton Portland three straight years, and then you know there's mm -hmm. a dip, and and then they they come back. And you know uh, Seattle, uh, you know, came close to getting to the Memorial Cup a few years back, losing to Brandon last year. Uh, they lose to to the Edmonton Oil Kings. And this year, the Memorial Cup is in Kamloops. Uh, so we know one WHL team is going to be there. 
Who do you think the other WHL team uh, will be that will join Kamloops this year, Geek? A lot of hockey still to be played, and you know that there'll be a lot of uh, movement with rosters. But right now, my my pick would be the Seattle Thunderbirds to get back there again. Uh, the uh, the T Birds were in the WHL final against the Oil Kings last year. They still, to me, they they, they have players at every position. The defense might be a, an area where it's not a lot of name brands on there. We're not a, a lot of host, household names. Uh, Kevin Korczynski, uh, for sure, and Jeremy Hansel, I think, are are both players that most uh, most junior hockey fans at least will recognize but uh, I think if they're going to make some deals along the way and you would should expect that they will uh, I would expect that it would be on the blue line where they would bring in a guy or two uh, much like the Oil Kings did last year when they picked up Caden Gooley and Luke Prokop uh, those are the kind of moves that contenders make uh, and I think Seattle could do that this year with their blue line right now you know you can look at Winnipeg and you can look at Moose Jaw in the east uh, and and uh, Kamloops in, in Seattle in the in the West, and you can never count out teams like Kelowna and Portland because they're always plucky and, and competitive, uh, and the Everett Silvertips, sure. Uh, but right now, Seattle would be my pick. And and that would mean Seattle is upsetting Kamloops uh, on the way to the Memorial Cup, which. Let's be honest, we see that quite often. There's not a lot of uh, host teams uh, that you know, really run the table. I mean, and, and honestly, I, I said this way back when, when we were hosting the pipeline show, if you're hosting the Memorial cup, getting to the second round is, or, or the third round, even is probably fine. You get a little bit of a break, then you retool. You certainly don't want to be St. John and fire your coaching staff. Although worked pretty well for Gardner McDougal and, and everybody, it but worked. yeah, it did strangely, but getting that break and, and, you know, you don't want to lose in the first round cause you got so much time off. But playing to the end and, and winning the league sometimes backfires uh, because you're so worn out. Yeah, it's true. That, that would be the downside of being the champion and hosting at the same time. Uh, and listen, St. John getting knocked out in the first round was an upset. That wasn't supposed to happen. You, you think back to like, like when Saskatoon hosted, them being knocked out in the first round wasn't a big shocker because they weren't that strong of a host team. Uh, but for the most part it doesn't happen very often where the host is a contender and get eliminated that early. So it's not like it's a strategy really, but it's the, the silver lining to that for sure is you get tons of rest. But uh, to your point, you don't necessarily want to have that big break, uh, but you don't, you're not exactly disappointed if you're well, extremely disappointed. Sure. You want to win the championship, mm-hmm. the league championship. Uh, but uh, you know, if you fall around short, you're okay with that too. Cause you get well rested. The, the worst part, I guess would be getting to the final and getting eliminated. And then you get no rest and you're not the champ. Yeah, exactly. And you're going in as the host and you have injuries. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw what happened to the Edmonton Oil Kings in 2013 when they lost Griffin Reinhardt in, in that final. And uh, even Laurent Persuade wasn't healthy going into the Memorial Cup in yeah. 2012. So it, it does certainly catch up to you. Uh, but let's talk about the rest of the league and four divisions in the uh, East, Central, BC and US. Who do you think the top teams will be out of those four divisions? Well, we'll start with the U.S. division. I've already picked Seattle to be my team, so uh, no question for me that it's the the T-Birds. Give a bit of a shout-out again to to Portland and and Everett. I don't think Spokane or Tri-City are in the mix uh, this year just yet. Uh, In the BC division, I think it is the hosts, and I expect they'll make some some changes along the way. The reason I picked Kamloops uh, or Seattle over Kamloops at this point is goaltending. The, the Blazers start the season without really a whole lot of experience. Dylan Ernst is their guy right now, uh, but he's a youngster, hasn't played a whole lot. 
I mean, he was the backup to Dylan Grand, and you can understand with Durand, mm-hmm. he's not going to have played a whole lot. So a bit of a question mark there. Not to say that he can't do it, but he hasn't had to do it yet. So uh, until he does, he hasn't. Uh, so that would be the difference in my opinion. So, But I still have Kamloops as the best team in the BC division, and I expect they'll probably make a bunch of changes uh, between now and the January 10th deadline. Uh, in the uh, Eastern Conference, uh, I, I think everybody's looking at Winnipeg and Moose Jaw as the top two teams, not just in the East Division, but in the Eastern Conference. And it might be a coin flip right now for me between those two clubs. I think I'd give a slight edge to Winnipeg. They've got a lot of overagers right now. They've got four, and they're pretty good ones. So depending on who they keep and what they do with the asset that they get back uh, and uh, and where that player ends up, that might change the, the power structure in the conference a little bit. But uh, I would expect uh, whoever it is that they move out probably goes to the other conference or something like that. But uh, I, I think it's a, a two-horse race uh, right now. But in the Central Division, I think it's a little bit more up for grabs than it was last year when Edmonton was clearly the top team in the division. Uh, I think I would have Red Deer there, but much like Kamloops, no experience in net or virtually none. Actually, Red Deer has no experience, no games played for either goaltender that they're starting the season with as their wow. starting net minor Chase Coward out with illness. Uh, so I think he has a, a heart problem. I, I could be wrong on that. but uh, So he's got to get that corrected or he might be done. Uh, so right now the Rebels entering the season with zero games uh, experience uh, with uh, both of their goaltenders. So that would be the big question mark for the Rebels. Yeah, indeed. Uh, at such a, a key position to rely on a young player is always going to be really, 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 or an experienced player, uh, for yeah. sure. Guy Flaming is the host of the Pipeline Show, and he's joining us. Uh, uh, he's also uh, on uh, the Oil Kings broadcasts, and you, you mentioned it. There's a little bit of uh, uncertainty in some of the divisions, and, and every year there's always a surprise team. There's always a team that you know falls uh, to the pressure or doesn't live up to expectations, but there's always a team that maybe outdoes the expectations. Why do you like Swift mm-hmm. and PG this year? Well, Swift for sure because I think, I mean, they, they missed the playoffs last season, so I don't think there are a lot of people across, maybe casual fans who are looking at them as being a team that's going to vault themselves up the standings a whole bunch. They had five drafted players last year <laughs> at the NHL draft, uh, and they, including Reed Dick, who's their goaltender, drafted by Boston. But then they brought in Gage Alexander from the Winnipeg Ice, who's a couple years older. He's also drafted by the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, he's one of those 20-year-olds uh, that Winnipeg had to get rid of and lands in a good spot there in Swift. So they've really shored up their goaltending position, and they were a young team last year, just couldn't get into the playoffs, but... A lot of experience down the stretch playing some meaningful hockey. I, I think that's a team that's poised to to take a big step in a division where I think some teams are coming back to them, including the Oil Kings. So uh, will will Swift move from you know outside of the playoffs to second? Might be a lot to expect, but I'm not going to put it past them either. And PG? PG is, I thought they were underachieved last year. And the reason I picked uh, Prince George is almost by D, by a process of elimination because I don't think there's a whole lot of surprises to be had here. Uh, Kamloops and Cologne are going to be good. Everett and, uh, and Seattle and, and Portland are going to be good. That's about it. So hmm. of the remaining teams, I'm thinking Prince George is the one that has the most upside. But they've, they've got young players who have to realize their potential, and they didn't do it last year. Uh, I think maybe they've got a couple more veterans that they've brought in, guys like Chase Wheatcroft, who's a good player, uh, that might be able to bring out the best in their younger players. So we'll we'll see another year under their belt for the Cougars, and uh, maybe that will be the team that finally takes a step forward. 
All right, so when we talk about uh, potential uh, scoring leaders in the WHL, this is, I always found this so hard to do because is yeah. it going to be a 20-year-old that doesn't miss time for the World Juniors? Uh, is a guy like Connor Bedard going to be able to make up for the time he's going to miss uh, you know, and lead uh, the tournament in scoring? Uh, but I did ask you to pick a guy, and, and obviously you know, we, everybody would probably pick Bedard, so we kind of took him, mm-hmm. I guess, out of the equation. The the guy you picked, I had such an appreciation for while watching him this summer at the World Juniors. I did not see him enough, and I was so impressed. I thought his motor never stopped, and he was a real key guy. So tell me why you think a guy like Logan Stankoven could be the leading scorer in the WHL. For everything you just said, his, he's, uh, his tenacity, his work ethic, he's, got a, he's not the biggest guy in the world, obviously, but he never backs away from uh, a competitive area on the ice. He's always driving to the net. He's got terrific hands and can shoot the puck, man. That guy can bury the, the, uh, the, the puck from anywhere on the ice. It seems like he's really crafty. Uh, and he had a great run last year where he was putting up a ton of points. So uh, I think, and he is a guy who will be at the world junior championship again for Canada. So he's going to have to be one of those guys like Alex Patan in his draft year, uh, or in his uh, draft plus one year, I believe, played for Canada and ended up coming back and won the scoring championship, I believe. Mm. I might be wrong. Uh, but, you know, I think Stankoven can be that kind of guy as well. And, you know, but you're right. Most Usually it's a 20-year-old or a 19-year-old that doesn't play on the world junior team that has a breakout season, and, uh, and they are the guys who end up leading the league. And Arshdeep Baines last year, perfect example, uh, as a 20-year-old undrafted guy uh, who uh, was that player for Red Deer and Ben King right behind him in scoring also with the Red Deer Rebels. So if it's not Bedard, if it's not Stan Coven, it's going to be somebody like that. And Stan Coven is just, he's about to be vaulted into this national stage on the World Juniors and the Memorial Cup because Kamloops is hosting. And, you know, every year, you know, you got like Ridley Gregg out of this summer. People were just salivating. And and I remember like people saying, uh, talking to people, like people are going to be really disappointed when they see Ridley Gregg in the NHL. Not that he isn't going to be a good player, but he's not going to be that dominant player of the game uh, every time. He's going to play a little, probably like a second line, third line. Uh, sort of a role, but Logan Stankoven, I have a feeling, is going to be one of the most popular players, not named Bedard, this year when it comes to prospects, because he's going to be in both of those high-level tournaments. And he's an easy guy to cheer for. I, I think the small guys who just find a way instantly become crowd favorites, right, or fan favorites, because, mm-hmm. he, I mean, it's easy to pull for the underdog, and when you're playing a, a big man sport like that, and yet you're having success when you're 5'8", and whatever he is, 160, 180 pounds, uh, maybe, that's easy to cheer for. So, yeah, he's going to have a lot of fans, whether it's in Kamloops or with the Dallas Stars and or with Team Canada. Uh, he's going to be a fun player to watch. And I'm so glad that the conferences are crossing over this year because, I mean, it's been since 2019 since we've seen teams in Edmonton from either the BC or the U.S. division. Finally, we'll get to see uh, the Camus Blazers and Logan Stankoven here in Edmonton. So, and and I've, the the owner of the Dallas Stars also owns the Kamloops Blazers. So you know that yeah. the they know what the priority is. And obviously, right. um, Kamloops has a ton of picks. Like you know, that's the we're going to get to our next question about Connor Bernard in a second. But you know, Kamloops with all their picks they have is going to be loading up in some capacity to give Stankoven and everybody some help. Well, you would have to think so. And, and I mentioned goaltending as a, an area where they don't really have a marquee name yet. 
Uh, and listen, I don't expect a guy like Sebastian Cosa to be coming back to the WHL. Uh, he's a signed 20-year-old. He should be in the American League or at the ECHL level. But if, for some reason, a guy like that was to be sent back to the Oil Kings, it's a team like Kamloops that would be vying for his services, and I don't think the Oil Kings would have any, any problem at all getting a, a pretty hefty price for him. But Kamloops can pay that price. And as you mentioned, whether it's Connor Bedard or somebody else, you'll even look at their defensive core. They've got some good players. They already went out and picked up Kyle Masters from the uh, the Red Deer Rebels, but it cost them a good player in Matt's Lindgren. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe they're still in the market to, to address their defense. Because I don't think Lindgren and Masters are the same player. Lindgren, much more offensive. Masters, more of a two-way guy. And maybe it leans even a little bit more on the defensive side, which is good if you're a, a team vying for the Memorial Cup title this year. You, you need guys like that for sure, but they might want an offensive defenseman, and maybe there's one out there that they can they can find from a team that's uh, struggling to make the playoffs. Or, you know, if it's if it's Connor Bedard, I mean, you, you instantly go from uh, a contender to odds-on favorite uh, if you're a team like Kamloops that picks him up. 100%. It's, uh, you know, what whatever team Bedard lands on if he gets traded to uh, becomes a contender uh, for that Memorial Cup and uh, I like Stan Coven last year was already so good like 45 goals 59 assists in, in that amount of games it's incredible I, I did ask you about Connor Bedard and so I asked you where you think Connor Bedard will end the season tell me why you think he's not going anywhere I I, I... I just have a hard time seeing Regina getting first, getting the price that they want, and bailing. Uh, I, I think they're going to be close enough to the playoff picture that they're going to keep them and they're going to try to make it happen uh, down the stretch. I don't know if right now I don't know if they're good enough to make the playoffs as is. Uh, they did pick up a pretty interesting uh, import player in uh, mm-hmm. Suze Delev. I forget his first name. Uh, but he's, a, uh, I believe, a Washington Capitals yeah. prospect. He's got a lot of skill. Um, so we'll see what he does uh, with them. They, they've got some other players. Tanner Howe's a terrific young player. So they're, I think they're better than they were last year, but they weren't good enough to make the playoffs last year. So uh, I think they will take a step forward. If they're in the mix at Christmas time and at, before the trade deadline, if they're you know in a, a possession of a playoff spot or even just uh, outside of it, I think they'll keep them. Uh, and that might be the wrong move in the long run. I mean, we've had this discussion in the past. <laughs> I know Rod Peterson was on your show, and I saw him yeah. talking about it too, and used the example of Jordan Eberle and, and Colton Tubert. And we had that conversation with Brent Parker way back then, right, about you know why don't you trade those guys and better your franchise for the future? And his point was there's also something to be said about a star player starting and finishing his career with your franchise. Uh, and for those reasons... I, I just I think Bedard stays in Regina. Yeah, I I just can wholeheartedly disagree with that reasoning. I I understand it. Um, it's kind of cool, but in the end of the day, cool's not getting you into the playoffs in two years. I mean, mm-hmm. this Regina Pats team, in all seriousness, they should have been contending last year with Bedard. Like they've had him for three years, so this should have been happening last year. I'm the the concern I have is. The amount that they're going to have to get, in my opinion, to get to the Memorial Cup is going to set them back so long, whereas trading Bedard is going to set them up and hopefully properly build it. But again, I go back to the fact that they 
this is not the first time they've tried to to build around star players. So I just yeah. I just don't think like I think it's going to cost them so much to get anywhere close to where Kamloops and as you mentioned Seattle or Moose Jaw or Winnipeg is going to be. So for the sake of the franchise and long term. I, I would be dealing him. I, I understand the cachet of having a guy like Bedard being a pat for life, but that doesn't get you in the playoffs. And and honestly, when Connor Bedard, if Connor Bedard goes, to, well, he is going to the NHL next year. How good are the Pats going to be? They they're yeah. already a, not a playoff team with him. So how bad is it going to be unless you can you know turn that around right away? Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Your question to me was. Where do I think he'll be? Yeah, not what, what right. I do with Connor Bedard. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I would trade him too. Uh, you know, it's another interesting tidbit is all, you think of all the exceptional players, all the players who are granted exceptional mm-hmm. status. Only one has won a league championship, and that's Joe Valeno. <gasps> wow. Exceptional players don't really benefit the team that drafts them. <laughs> they, because you got to be so bad to be in a position to get them yeah. that by the time they're – you know, your team is, a, he gets drafted first overall, probably most often, except for uh, Logan Day, uh, but, right. and Joe Valeno. And Shane Wright. They're immediately into the, yeah, that's right, in, into the NHL the next season, right? So the, your your junior team hasn't got to the point where they're contenders yet. That's so a wild them. stat. Yeah. That's impressive. Numbers, man. So numbers start coming at me, and I, I get all nervous. So uh, that, that's that's a bit of an inside joke. But uh, yeah, I, uh-huh. listen, I, I I get it. Especially you've sold tickets, and you know people freak out and stuff. But I think you have to look. And I know I think John Paddock said he's going to be a pat for life. I don't know why you would say that. I don't know why you would paint yourself into the corner because it's just going to come out. But. I, I get it. Sponsors, I get the cachet. Like yeah, that. yeah. I get. Yeah, I guess so. And there is something to be said about that, right? If if you trade yeah. Bedard, and just imagine what the circus. If Bedard isn't traded by the time the World Juniors comes around, that's going to be a circus in Halifax or wherever the camp is going to yeah. be in the tournament is. Because we've seen. Remember, we were uh, in Calgary when Brad Marchand was getting traded to to Halifax. I think so. It's always a circus. That's just going to make it even more if he's still in Regina. Yeah, especially if the Pats are, yeah. yeah, exactly. If they're not in the playoff picture at that point, yeah, it will be, uh, it'll be crazy. Yeah. Okay. So uh, quickly, uh, you said the conferences come in here. Who, who's somebody you're looking forward to seeing at uh, Rogers? Obviously, Connor Bedard and and Jagger and like all the guys from the East. But from the other yeah. conference, who's somebody specifically, like maybe a Stan Coven we talked about that you're really looking forward to seeing uh, at Rogers this year. Stan Coven would be the guy that I'm most excited to see with the Blazers. Uh, and again, I think the Kelowna Rockets are going to be good. Andrew Crystal is a, a nice young player, also draft eligible this year. And with the Vancouver Giants local product here from St. Albert, uh, Zach Ostapchuk has mm. uh, had a terrific uh, second half of the season and uh, was one of the leading scorers in the playoffs, even though they didn't get out of the second round. So uh, the Vancouver Giants uh, will have some interest here uh, locally for those two guys. Uh, outside of that, we're not going to see the U.S. division up here. They'll be, uh, it'll be the Oil Kings going down there this season. So, unfortunately, we won't get to see uh, uh, those players again this year, which is weird because think of it, it'll be four years then, and a lot of those players played their entire WHL career without actually coming to Alberta. It's, it's crazy. That is weird. I guess, yeah, COVID yeah. Uh, put, a, put a hold on a lot of that. But COVID. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we're excited because hockey is here again. Uh, I got the shirt on. Can I just 
have hockey tonight and hockey tomorrow night at Rogers. I can't wait to see you at the rink again. Hopefully it's not as cold as it was during the summer because, holy man, it was it cold. It probably is. Uh, and it's just going to be fun to be back in the rink again and, and watching some uh, some good kids play hockey. Thanks so much. Uh, tell the fine folks uh, where they can find uh, what I call the preeminent prospect show uh, on the planet, the Pipeline Show. I like that. It is the pipelineshow.com and anywhere you get your podcast from, uh, you can find it there. Just search it up. Awesome Easy stuff. As, that. as usual, my man. Thanks so much. We'll see you at the rink. Dean, it was great to uh, great to see you again. Great to chat. Go have an Asian box. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, he just has to send me off. Uh, at this point of the pipeline show, I would be leaving the studio, leaving Guy all alone because I would be laughing so hard. So uh, I love it. Uh, we had so much fun on that show, uh, the Bogosian Cup. I can't tell you what that means either, but uh, it was fun. It was really, really fun.